you? Praise God. I want to minister on the thought tonight, break those chains, break those chains. You know, chains are pretty powerful, aren't they? I've seen a truck pull another truck with a chain. It's not so much that uh, you, when you look at a chain, you don't realize how strong they might be, but when you really need them, they really do a job, don't they? I was... Uh, going down through town here and there's this dog that likes to chase cars and uh, I'm driving down he always chases my car makes me feel important and so I'm going down the street and this dog come flying out and almost hung himself because he had a chain and that chain stopped him now I want to tell you about that dog that dog can outrun my car unless I want to run over him because he gets right in front of me and keeps running. Keeps me from getting a ticket. But uh, that chain hindered that dog from its ability. I, I remember going to a circus when years and years ago, Barnum and Bailey came to my hometown when I was a boy. And they had all these elephants and they prayed them through town. And I went out to the, where they were setting up the tent and they drove stakes down and put a chain around the elephant's leg and hooked it to that stake so the elephant would stay where it's supposed to be. But how many knows without a chain on that elephant's leg, it can do real hurt on something? When we were in Africa, I watched them. Sometimes they like to scratch their back on a tree. And so this elephant was scratching his back on a tree. I was watching him. And somehow he got irritated about that tree. I don't know what happened. And so he began to bump that tree and bump that tree. And as a result of that, he tore that tree out of the ground 
And that tree did nothing but let him scratch its back on him. And so I'm thinking about power and I'm thinking about change and I'm thinking about hindrances in people's lives that hinder them from being what they could have been. How many knows God wants us to be more than conquerors and God wants us to prosper and God wants us to receive miracles but I think sometimes we chain ourselves by unbelief. How many knows what I'm saying? In the book of Acts chapter 12 and I want to read a couple of verses. In eight, verse 7, And the, behold, the angel of the Lord came to him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Here's a man that was a great man of God. How many knows that? He made an impact in his life, but there was a time he found himself in chains and was not able to do what God wanted him to do or what he wanted to do for God. But in the midst of that, even though he had chains on his hands and he was in prison, God came or sent the angel to him to set him free to, uh, from those chains and get him out of that prison to do the will of God. I was thinking about our lives, my life and your life and our life. We know what the Bible says about us, don't we? But how many knows the devil's pretty smart in some ways? Let me explain what I mean. He knows what to put on us to hinder us and chain us with invisible chains. Not chains that can be seen by our eyes, but chains that hinder us from receiving and believing and doing what God's called us to do. Thank you, Bill. I've been waiting. Thank you. <laughs> Chains. And so, if I know it's the will of God for me to be saved, or the will of God my some of my friends be saved, the reason they're not saved is they're in chains. Not chains that we can see or chains that we can break, but they're chains that the devil's put on their life to hinder them from receiving what God has already paid for when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. I know people that's probably sick, and they're not Christians, or maybe they are Christians. And yet the Bible's very specific that by his stripes we are healed, but for some reason the devil comes to them and says things to them like, well, maybe it's not the will of God for you to be healed. And then after a while we begin to, look at the Word of God and think about the Word of God, and we say things like, well, I know it says that, but it don't seem to be working for me. And then that moment, we're chained. Because unbelief begins to come in, and we refuse to believe, or we battle to believe, maybe that's a better word, and as a result of we don't receive what God has. <coughs> One of the biggest things that we all battle, it begins with the letter D. It's called discouragement. Now, what causes discouragement? That's the question we ask tonight. Have you ever woke up and everything was going good? How many ever woke up and things were going good? Well, maybe tomorrow will be your first day of waking up and things will be going good. 
Maybe when you get up in the morning, you go to the mirror and look and notify yourself things are going good. But how many knows you can be having a good day, things seem to be going, your bills are paid, you know, things are going really well, and all of a sudden you get a phone call and you begin to say, I'm discouraged. You ever had one of those phone calls? I have. I remember pastoring, and uh, I was trying to help these people, doing everything I knew how to do to help them and be an encouragement to them, and one day my phone rang. And the first words come out of their mouth was, we hate you. Guess what? I got discouraged because I'm thinking about I'm doing everything for you. I encourage you. I'm there when you call me. And now you hate me. But how many knows the word of God didn't change? How many knows the Bible said when the devil comes in like a flood, God will raise his standard. And the Bible says, greater is he that sent me in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, tonight, the devil will come because he knows that if you can plan a negative thought and we dwell upon it, we begin to say we're discouraged. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't happen. And therefore, we do not receive what God has for us and the blessings of our life. The psalmist said, I'm completely discouraged. I lie in the dust. And so he understood what we go through. And you find that in the book of Psalms, chapter 119. And so tonight we must battle the thought of discouragement. Because if God's in us, the hope of glory, and greater is he's in you than he that's in the world, and we can all do all things through Christ who strengthen us, no matter what we face or what we go through, discouragement has no right to dwell in us, but we are encouraged knowing that if God be for us, who could be against us? Now here we hear about a man in the word of God in Acts that was in prison. This was a man called by the Lord, used by the Lord, going to be a great man that we look to and we admire. And yet just because of what he stood for, they threw him in prison. And he could have sit in there and said, man, this isn't fair. Where is God when I need him? I'm discouraged. I knew I shouldn't follow Jesus. I knew sooner or later I'd get in all kinds of problems for that. But the Bible doesn't give an account of that. The Bible said he's in prison, in chains, in the darkness of the prison time. But he was looking to God and God sent an angel at that moment and woke him up and says, get up. And when he got up, the Bible said the chains fell off of him. The doors came open because in the midst of adversity, God delivered him and God met his need. You know why the devil discourages you? Because he knows God will always help you. And if he gets you to believe tonight or get me to believe or us to believe that God's not going to help us or not, God's not going to bless us or God's not going to heal us or God's not going to move in our family, then we're robbed because the Bible said all things are by faith. By faith say to the mountain be removed and not doubt in your heart and believe what you say and it shall be done. And so you and I, when you get the thought 
then you, things aren't going to happen like I wanted and things aren't going to go good. We need to stop and say, I'm not going to dwell here because this is not the will of God for me. I'm encouraged in spite of my situation because I know God's always there. He never leaves me and I'm going to get a miracle no matter what it looks like. That's like you're in your car and you're sitting at a stoplight and a thief knocks on your window and said, if you don't mind, get out and give me the keys. I want your car. You'd say, I'd never do that. And yet sometimes that's exactly what we do when the devil comes. Well, God doesn't care. God's going to not meet your need. God didn't hear your prayer. He's not going to answer it even if he did. And so we have to make a decision at that point to say, no, God has promised to meet my need. God will never leave me. God always hears me. And the Bible said when the devil comes in, God will give a standard there and God will deliver me in every situation. You're all getting too happy. The Bible said if we wait upon the Lord, he'll renew us. Mount up with wings as eagles, and we'll run and not be weary, and we'll walk and we'll not faint. I don't know about you, but I think if I was back in the time of Israel and had been in captivity all that time, and we'd been praying up to God and saying, God, deliver us, we're your people, and God sent a deliverer, and then the, they let me take my cattle, let me have some of their cattle, and we begin to travel to a land which was promised by God called the promised land, and we didn't have any food, but manna came from heaven, and there was a cloud in the day to keep us cool from the sun, and God was doing great things and fire at night to keep us warm and safe. I think I'd be encouraged. And I think they were. I think they were encouraged. I bet they were singing all kinds of victorious songs and happy and saying, hey, look what God's done. We're going to the promised land. We're going to receive the promises of God. And here they are marching, having a great time. But after time, the devil speaks to them and says, you know what? Aren't you sick of that manna? They'd be like me eating okra. I don't care if it's slimy, fried, cooked, stomped. I don't like okra. I don't like anything green. It looks like trees, and I don't eat trees or grass. And so here they are. You would think if anybody would be encouraged, they would, wouldn't you? But we find after a period of time, they get discouraged. Now, they just didn't wake up one day and say, I'm discouraged. But I believe the devil began to put thoughts in their mind. And they woke up one day and say, man, you know, aren't you? And you had, they had a thought, man, I'm tired of this. And they said to their old buddy, aren't you tired? Yeah, I'm tired of it too. But in the beginning, they were gloriously victorious knowing that that manna was all they had to worry about because that's not permanent. There's a promised land for them. And then they begin to say things like, I'd rather go back to Egypt. We had it better there. Now, you know, they didn't think that when they left there, did they? 
They were wonderfully glad that God answered their prayer and they'd been delivered. And so what happened is the devil begins to plant thoughts in them. How many knows God's not negative? God doesn't give you negative thoughts that you can't make it or that won't happen. But God is a God that does not lie. His word does not pass away. And so he's delivering. He said to his deliverer, go down and tell him, let my people go. And so we know how it plays. And it just didn't stop there that they got upset at the manna. But it came to the place where they didn't even want the promised land anymore. They wanted to go back into captivity. And that all came, folks. It all came because they believed that negative thought and they become, quote, discouraged, if I can use that word, and it robbed them of what it could have been because even though they got to the promised land and sent the spies in, most of the spies were discouraged and all they could see was the giants, even though all the blessings, they had forgot that God said, I'll give it to you. And so they were willing to surrender it just because as they looked at the giants, they said they were too big. I wonder how many times you and I, you know, so I said you and I, right? We're ready to receive the promise. God's ready to give us the financial miracle, heal our body. And we get discouraged and say, this can't happen, won't happen. And you know, God didn't put that in your mind. The devil did. And the devil's, you know, we, you know, you ever as a kid, the devil's a slow fox and put him in a box, lock the lid, throw away the key for all the mean tricks he did to me. Hey, listen, I could go to Kathy's Children's Church. I know those old things. But see, here, you and I are here today with a history book. Not just a book written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. Anointed by God. His word is still sharper than a two-edged sword. His word can still set the captive free. How many knows that? He can deliver the dope addict. He can deliver the prostitute. He can deliver the alcoholic. He can just deliver a sinner. How many knows that? There's nothing too hard for him to do, the Bible said. And yet, we have to be careful because just like Israel didn't go into the promised land and some of the spies missed it, how many knows you and I can miss the promises of God and not live in the place where we could have lived in the blessings of God. See, even though we claim to live in Kingman, we're supposed to live in the blessings of God. Don't y'all get, I just love it when you get that excited. Some of you are more worried about whether the Diamondbacks will make the playoffs then you are whether you're going to defeat the devil. Well, thank you very much for that. Another thing I want us to look at tonight is not only discouragement, but compromise. Isn't it really sad that Israel compromised what they could have been? Compromised what they could have received? Compromised the victory they could have had? See, when God sent a man to deliver him, it wasn't just to get him out of Egypt, it was to get him into the promise. 
Every promise in the book was theirs. Every word God spoke was theirs. I'm, now I'm thinking this other thing. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, it's ours. And see, the thing is, you and I had to be careful not to sell out and be happy and compromise and have part of the truth, but not all the truth. Now, I, I'm going to tell you something so I don't want you to get discouraged. For the person in your chair tonight, God has blessings. Now, I, I hope that didn't discourage you. And God has a promise for you that he'll meet every need you have. And God says when the devil comes in, he'll raise up a stone. That means you can defeat the devil. Now, I hate to discourage you like that, but I want to tell you tonight, the Bible is true. And when he says, Christ in me, I'm in my Father, my Father's in me, and we'll dwell in you, and you'll dwell in us. I'm telling you, it's for every person here tonight. But you can't compromise it. You can't sell it out. It's just like the pearl of great price that I preached on some time ago. One man had the pearl, and it was never for sale. But after he got used to it, he compromised, and when the price tag seemed big enough, he was willing to sell the pearl, the thing in life he had, that he said, I'll never sell. See, the great thing of that thing on the pearl isn't that the guy sold all he had and bought it. There's a sad part of it. There was a man who had it and got rid of it. And you know, as Christians, we've got to be careful. It's not a day to compromise. It's a day to stand. The Bible said, having done all to stand, stand. The Bible said we can bind the powers of darkness. We can set the captive free. How many knows God wants to bless us? God wants to meet every need we have. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think. And yet many of us are willing to live without the blessing, willing to live without the promises of God. We want part of it, but we don't want to fight for all of it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some of you to a bingo or a ball game and see how you act. Compromise. How many of those compromise will rock you to sleep? You know, I have a problem. I've got this chair, one of those glider chairs, and it's got a spirit because every time I sit in it, I fall asleep. I wake up and the game's over, or my wife wakes me up and says, Now come on to bed, it's time to go to bed. What's that got to do with this? We can't afford to compromise, can we? You know what? This is the greatest day to be alive. I know there's terrible things happening and cities are being destroyed by the winds. I know that. I know it's real. I know there's all kinds of things nuclear could happen. I know that. But I want to tell you something. 
It don't matter who's got the nuclear thing. It don't matter what winds come or what winds go. It doesn't matter what the weather forecast is. God has not changed. God is still with us in, in the good times and bad times. He's here. And you and I, if we'll not compromise and stand and believe God, there's nothing God won't do for us. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, Isaiah 41, fear not, I'm with you. Oh, that will make you happy. I'm going to start singing like Brother Wilson. Y'all get more alive. But I'm afraid my singing be so bad you'll be alive and hit the door. Listen to this scripture. This is, listen, folks, it don't matter. This is all that matters. I said this is all that matters. The economy doesn't matter. Obamacare, yes. Obamacare, no. Now, I know some of you want it out, but that, that's not the issue. Hey, I said it's not the issue. Fear not, I'm with you. It don't matter what's going on. If he's with you, nothing can be against you that can defeat you. Every devil in hell can come against you and you're going to win. Your victory is going to be greater. The doctor can give you a bad report, but he's don't have the answer for you. You're already a winner. And even if somebody shoots you tomorrow, you still win because now you're in glory with him. Be not dismayed, he said, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. And so tonight, I just want to encourage us that when we read something in the Bible, it's ours. You've been hearing on healing? Healing's for you. You've been hearing about blessing? It's for you and me. You know where the Bible said, He's, I'll build my church and against the hell and I'll prevail? That's for us. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. When iniquity, iniquity, iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. He's still going to build his church. Man, I got to mispronounce words. I can get your attention better than anything I do. Of course, you folks don't talk Midwestern, so I just have to. I need an interpreter up here. Maybe that's what I need. You know, the thing in the Bible that encourages all of us is when we read the stories about how when Paul and Silas were in jail, they began to sing the door. Doesn't that encourage you? Don't you want to read that every day? Or when they threw him into the lion's den, we hear the stories. Or light their bodies as torches to light the gardens of the emperors. We're so encouraged to read the faith of these people and how God was always with them. And so as we read all the stories of David killing the giant, we're encouraged that even though all Israel would not fight, David stood up and God came. Our lives are being played out tonight, folks. And we're going to leave some history of Jesus tarries. We're going to be remembered for something. I said we're going to be remembered. Smith Wigglesworth's been dead for some time, and he's remembered of a man who had faith 
that would just come against the devil and people was instantly healed. When Billy Graham goes to heaven, if Jesus tarries, he's going to be remembered as a man that preached to more people and more people were converted under his ministry than any humans ever lived on planet earth. Oral Roberts is gone, but there's a university with his name on it. Because he stood and built something he said God told him to build when everybody said it couldn't be God. And out of that has come many preachers and missionaries and doctors and lawyers out of that institution all because a man believed God and stood and let God do what he wanted to do in his life. Were they misunderstood? Sometimes they were. And I'm thinking tonight our lives are playing out. And you know, I believe God has planned our life to be blessed. To pray and see our prayers answered. To see revival in our city. You know, I, we get visitors fill out, the visitors thing, and on it, they put, who invited me? How did I hear this church? Who invited me? And there's people who's gotten saved through Jacob's Slatter. And families put back together because we've labored. And even though it looked impossible at times, and the people you deal with are impossible at times, we don't look at the impossibility. We look at God that says with him all things are possible. And lives have been transformed. And families put back together. And children's loved again, all because of the word of God. And tonight I want to encourage you, it's God's will to bless you. It's not God's will for you and I to be defeated but be victorious. It's not God's will to pray and not believe our prayers are going to be answered. We need to pray and believe it. Because the Bible said this, now this will encourage you, all things are possible if we believe. And so tonight, don't let the chains that the devil comes with and speaks to you about bind you up or bind us up. But just like the angel spoke, get up and get out of here, the chains will fall off. And I believe God tonight saying, if you got chains of unbelief or whatever you might be going through, that he'll break those chains and set you free. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. That people might be saved because of your influence in a city. And our church will grow. Can you say amen? And God will bless us. How many enjoyed the missionary thing this last weekend? How many is encouraged to see all those? That one day maybe we'll need several screens to list them all. Maybe we'll have a whole wall of nations that has churches because we started them. But the devil say you can't do it. You can't afford it. But I want to tell you, we can do anything. For with God with us, all things are possible. And I want to declare tonight, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. I'm talking about money. You say, well, I don't care about money. You will when they come to take your house or your car's on the back of a truck going down the road. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. God wants people in this building that's saved and serving Jesus Christ because of you and me. And can I tell you, 
God said in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit. And he wants to do it here. But you know how he does it here? He don't do it through chairs or walls or lights or instruments. He does it through people. And so if we'll seek God and we'll seek his word and say, God, give us a revival and start it right here. We'll have an outpouring of the Spirit of God and we'll see great and mighty things. You know, the sad thing, listen, here's the sad thing about Israel. They started for the promise. It was already theirs. No giants could have stopped them. It was the will of God. They just made bad decisions. God, God didn't want them to do that. But the devil knows how to plant thoughts in our minds, doesn't he? Like you walk into church and you're sitting down and one of the preachers pass you and they're doing something and you say, oh, they don't like me, they didn't speak to me. Where did that come from? And we got to get wise, don't we? We have to get wise knowing that we must believe God and believe that God's doing something great in our lives and going to do something greater in our lives. And we're going to see the very blessing of God upon not only our city, but our church and our individual lives. Can I share something with you? I wish you would win the lottery. But you've already won it. Don't be selfish. You already won it. You won redemption. And you didn't have to pay for it. It was paid far for you and paid far for me. We're already rich in Christ. You've been wanting a bigger house. Don't even worry about it. The mansion you're going to have will make this house look like a parking garage. It's true. Because we're children of God. And it's time we rose up and said to the devil, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. When you come in and tell me it's not going to work, I'm not going to listen to you. But I'm going to listen to God. And we're going to be blessed people and receive the blessings of God and see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. I remember Joni and I, we... uh, we were going down the road in this car. That's the car I told you that we had the shiniest rust in all of Indiana. Uh, the floorboard was gone on her side, and we put a piece of metal across there. Our heater didn't work, and so we wrapped our legs with uh, quilts. And in the summertime, we rolled our windows down and just sweat. We had the ugliest car in all of Indiana, I think. But you know what? I remember back then, I was thinking about today, I wasn't thinking about buying a car because I didn't have no money anyway. And I'd have an income coming in on a regular basis where they probably would give me credit. And so I always believed that God would make that car run. And then somebody gave me another car, and so I gave that car away, and it stopped, wouldn't run no more. And the one that I got began to run that somebody gave me. Joni and I, the first years of our marriage, we had five different cars given to us. 
And one day, I decided to buy me a car. Nobody's given me one since. <laughs> Up to this point, you know. And so here's my thought. Here's my thought. If we trust God, he'll always give us what we need. He'll always give us what we need. How many really do want to be blessed? How many really do want God to use you to reach sinners and get them saved and get them in this building? How many believe it? How many want to be a part of the great outpouring God has for the last days? Well, it's all yours. The only one can rob you of that is you listening to the devil that said it might not happen to you and it'll rob you. It'll rob us if we listen to him. You remember me telling the story, and I'm closing with this. There was two ladies in Wilmore, Kentucky that prayed for two years for Asbury College and Seminary that God would pour out his spirit and, and send a revival to that college. I'm, I'm sure there was days they got up, they met every morning and every evening. They prayed before school started. These two ladies met in one of their houses. And then the evening when the students were going back to the dormitories, they prayed. And I'm sure there was times when they knelt down or stood up or however they prayed that the devil said, you've been praying and nothing's happened. It's not going to happen. But you know what they did? They kept praying, kept believing. I'm sure that if they shared they were somebody that there's belief for not pouring, somebody would have told them, well, don't be discouraged. But they kept praying and they kept praying. And one day in a chapel service, God came. And the biggest rebel in school had been kicked out twice. I shared the story. Greased those old wooden, they had this 1,200 seat auditorium with those old wooden seats that folded. He greased them all so when the students came in, they started sliding off. I guess that's how you get somebody to alter. You grease their seat and they just slide on in. But this guy who had been a rebel, and this guy that nobody gave any hope for, those women kept praying. And that guy in the middle of the chapel service got up and went down and began to sob at an altar. They never, they didn't know what to do. So they, one of them went down and started praying. But the other students knew about this kid and knew about him and the altar started to fill. And for day and night, 24 hours a day for more than a week, that chapel service went on. They prepared food. I've shared this story. You can go online and type in Asbury College Revival, Wilmore, Kentucky, and you can pull it up. You can hear Dr. Kenlaw tell about it. He was out of town when it broke out. And they prepared all the food. Nobody went and ate. That night they prepared food. Nobody went and ate. And I remember driving down there, and they had big steps up these chapels, probably 30 steps up, and I couldn't get up the steps because everybody's shoes were there, and I realized the kids thought this was holy ground. I can't wear shoes in there. You know why it happened? Because two women believed God, and two women wouldn't let doubt come in their life, and two women did not let the devil talk them out of their inheritance. And I want to tell you those two precious ladies are in heaven tonight. 
But around the world, the gospel left that revival. They begin to call from nations in every state when they heard about the revival, they said, can you send a student to share? And when the students would go share in the churches, revival would fall on the churches. And only heaven's going to reveal how many people got saved that time and how many people went out into ministry that time because two women believed God and would not let the devil rip them off. That could be you and me. Believing for this city. I said it could be you and I. I know many of you prayed for your family and how the devil's come and put thoughts and it discouraged you. But how many knows that didn't change the promises of God where he'd save your family? But we accept those things. We got to quit doing that. When the devil comes in, we got to recognize it's him and say, no, we're not believing it. We're standing on the word of God. And the Bible said, having done all to stand, stand. And I want to tell you, we can see revival. I challenge us, and I begin with me tonight. When you go home tonight, say to God, however you pray, or maybe take time if you don't pray near me, get down by your bed or sit in your chair, wherever you're going to be, go outside, take a walk. And make a commitment to God that you're not going to let the devil rip you off of the blessings of God. That you're God's child and you're blessed. And there's going to be a revival and you're going to be in it. And he promises to bless our church. And it's going to be blessed because we're going to see people saved. Can you say man? And he's going to give us finances to touch the world. How many want to see us touch the whole world? Not just Africa, but all these nations see people saved. And I want to tell you something. It might be too big for us, but it's not too big for him. And he owns all the cattle and all the golden rubies. And he can sell some and he'll help us. And he'll pour out his blessings and bless you if he won't let the devil rip you off. But you'll stand and believe God. Let's stand together tonight. I want to tell you something, friends. It's time. You, I, listen, I don't want you to get mad at me for saying this in case you all don't like Trump. But I, you know what I like about him? He says what he thinks. And I think he means what he says. Well, I want to tell you, God said what he thought and God means what he said. And you and I got to mean what he said. And we got to capture it and experience the glory of God. Lord, I pray you'll bless us tonight as we leave. Lord, we know the devil is, comes to us and tries to steal the word of God or comes to us and says God won't do something, but we know that every promise in the book belongs to us and that God doesn't change his mind and God does what he says and means what he says. So I pray you'll help us. Help us, Lord, to believe for great revival for Kingman. Help us to touch souls so that we personally can win people to Jesus. Give us the nations of the world, Lord. Raise us up to shake the world for the gospel. Raise up people in our church that will go to the ends of the earth and share the good news and take a revival everywhere they go. Lord, we want to be your people. You said we can be your people and you'd be our God. So I pray you'll take our commitment tonight. 
I, I pray right now blessings on people. Bless them from places they never dreamed it'll happen. Save their loved ones, I pray, Lord, and, and help them with their neighbors and the people they work with. God, give them favor everywhere they go. And God, shine your face upon us tonight and meet every need you got of your people and we'll give you the praise for we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as you go.